Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back. Today is day two, and the topic of today's podcast is, when is it okay to fire a buyer? And yesterday, we talked about the buyer presentation. We talked about how to formally present to the buyer using our uh, complete home buying system and our buyer presentation with the goal of getting, obviously, the buyer completely uh, pre-approved, pre-qualified, but even to a higher level, they are going to have the loan. What's the term? Uh, Loan commitment. That's exactly right. We talked about that yesterday. And then also the goal of the presentation, which is to get the buyer agency form as determined by your state signed, and then also an exclusive buyer agency form signed. Uh, There's an extra little thing that we forgot to mention yesterday. We are also huge advocates of having a buyer net sheet signed. And a buyer net sheet is nothing other than really what all their expenses are when buying a home, including a home inspection, including you know, whatever, if the loan, uh, you know, the mortgage company charges any upfront fees for applications and all those rest of it. But the thing we also will be uh, advocating for all of you, and this is included in our premier coaching program, is a sample buyer sheet where you are going to include a form of a processing fee. Now, let me explain what that means briefly. It is legal for you to, in addition to your commissions, charge a processing fee on all of your transactions. Um, We will suggest to all of you that you do use a um, a contract transaction coordination company. And the one I'm most familiar with that does a fantastic job is through eXp Realty. So if you're an eXp Realty agent, you can pay 250 bucks and have someone take over the file in essence, the digital file, of course, and work with that buyer, that seller through the closing. That way you can focus on, um, you know, helping more customers, finding more customers, putting more things in contract. That is a fantastic wonderful, very affordable system that eXp Realty has in place for all of you guys. So how do you pay for it without having to actually pay for it? You have the buyer or the seller pay for it as a processing fee. Oh, and guess what? Yes, you can charge more than the $250. So we have coaching clients. We've known many people over the past few decades that will charge upwards to $1,000 for a processing fee. They call it different things depending on what their state allows. But the essence of it is, is that is a, an additional commission in essence on top of the normal commission to which you then can use to offset your expenses of doing the transaction. So keep all these things in mind, but we did neglect to mention that yesterday. We are big advocates of all of you presenting a buyer net sheet and in the buyer net sheet, you're disclosing that you'll be charging a processing fee. And again, I hope your gears are spinning because this could be a great additional source of income for all of you. Yeah. In fact, one of my uh, elite coaching clients from my one-on-one clients who does quite a bit of transactions typically saves as in additional to commission net commissions saves between 25 and 35,000 a year from the processing fees. And, and really sometimes that goes, you know, you can use that to fix the random deal that the only way it's going to live is if you maybe throw $500 at it. Well, you're going to feel a lot better about that when you've been charging processing fees. Well, we had a friend who, um, who's passed away, 
but he sold a he had a very very low sale price in mm-hmm. uh, Warren, Michigan, if I yep. remember correctly. And his sale price was like less than a hundred grand. Yeah. Like a hundred grand would be upper end in his market. Yeah. Uh, so his commission when he would charge whatever his rate was wasn't very much money. And you know a buyer side transaction or a seller side transaction in the low end is going to require as much if not more work than something that's more expensive. He had no choice. That was his market. Obviously he could have moved. But aside from that, mm-hmm. so what he ended up starting to do is charge processing fees and minimum commissions. So if he were to say, for example, you know, because he otherwise would have to turn something down because he was going to lose money on doing the deal. So he would have a seller, for example, that would say, I want you to sell my house. That's maybe only 60 or $70,000. Imagine that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then uh, what he would do is he would say, well, my minimum commission to do a transaction is not a percent of the sale price, but it's actually a flat fee. And on top of that's my processing fee. So these are all just different ways. Hopefully you guys are going to feel the entrepreneurial angst to start really exploring all the amazing opportunities you have to help people of all different price ranges. So some brokerages make the mistake of saying, we're not going to work with anyone between this price or, you know, lower than this price point. Well, why do that? Just employ a flat fee commission yeah. and a processing fee. Yeah. And you can be creative obviously, and you can help more people. And your goal in real estate is to not say no, especially if, mm-hmm. once people have pre-qualified themselves and they are actually motivated, have the ability to transact. Your ability is to say yes. And so if that means you have to be a little creative, then go for it. Yes. And this isn't something, I know this is kind of a radical idea to some of our listeners. This is not something that we can really drill down on, on a podcast. It's right. definitely something that we do in premier coaching so that you become more comfortable with it. And by the way, yes, premier coaching is free. You can join premier coaching right now, 100% free. And it does include a daily semi-private coaching call with one of our Harris certified coaches. You guys can check out the website, all the things that you get 100%, no strings attached for free. You're going to get the real estate treasure map. You're going to get a a whole personality DIC test. You're going to get the real estate, uh, let's see, the 90 day massive action plan, the real estate survival guide, a whole bunch of scripts. You're going to get some listing scripts, some buyer scripts, some lead generation ideas, pre-qualification scripts, all the different things that we usually talk about on the podcast. Those are all given to you for free. We've never done this before. We started doing it a couple of weeks ago. And frankly, the result has been so extraordinary. And I get it. You guys are wanting to have a new set. You know, you're looking to have the new software loaded because you know the market has changed. But some of you aren't that confident right now. And I get it. So we're going to try to make it so you can bridge from where you are to where you need to be because of this new market. And that's what Premier Coaching is all about. And that's the reason that we're offering it to you for free for the first 30 days. And all you have to do is text Text the word premiere to 47372. Text the word premiere to 47372. And when you do, we'll text you back a link and then you can join Premier Coaching 100% for free. Now, if you're outside of the continental US, I realize the text system that I just described does not work. So you have to go to members.timandjulieharris.com. Members timandjulieharris.com and you can sign up for free as well. So all of our Canadian, European, and all, we have customers all over the, or we have listeners all over the world, you can join. Just go to members.timandjulieharris.com or if you're in the continental United States, just text the word PREMIER to 47372. Remember, message and data rates may apply. Yes, so back to when is it actually okay to fire your buyer? Well, let's assume that you have met with your buyers and presented to them the buyer presentation. You've gotten the buyer agency signed, ideally, and you've done all of those prequal questions. In other words, you now believe that they are what you're calling real buyers. And again, if you've skipped either step in the process, you can't really judge if they're going to actually work with you exclusively, if they're qualified or motivated. So you can't really fire them if you haven't really hired them. 
decide to use both of those critical tools so you can decide if you should hire or fire. So let's just assume that you have done that. You now know how to use a buyer presentation well, and, you, and you've pre-qualified them. Let's, without going into too much detail for the sake yep. of time, because yesterday we promised we were going to get it done in a half hour and it took us an hour. Yes. But so the process is the lead, the buyer lead uh, materializes in your life, right? You're calling the buyer back or the buyer calls you, but here's the key word, what I just said. It's a call. Make sure you're speaking to somebody. Don't do things digitally. When you're doing things digitally, it's never going to be as effective as actually communicating, you know, the way that frankly, all humans were designed voice to voice, belly to belly, nose to nose. That's how you're supposed to be pre-qualifying people. So when you get a buyer that shows up in your life, use our buyer pre-qualification script and the buyer pre-qualification script is going to go through if they're working with another realtor, if they're financially qualified, how motivated they are, what their time frame is, what are the other sort of you know issues that are standing in the way of them moving forward quickly if you were to show them a perfect house. But what it's really the number one purpose of our buyer pre-qual script is for you to pull out whether they have a listing, a house to sell. And then we're wanting you to then pivot all your best energies towards that. Depending on what your price range is that you're you know mostly selling real estate in, you could very well find that a vast majority of all your quote unquote buyers are actually sellers that it, you are letting that go as a B priority because you're just trying to focus with them on the buy side. I have to find them a house before they list their house. That's not necessarily true. You need to learn the skill set to have them put the house for sale. And then once the house is for sale, they can simultaneously be looking for a house. We'll teach you in premier coaching. They could do lease backs. They could do all kinds of different things to make it so they only have to move once. But the reality of it is, guys, is you absolutely positively need to be sifting and sorting and pre-qualifying at a high level all your buyers, rooting out the ones that have listings uh, to sell, houses to sell. And it's not just the house they're living in. Don't just say, do you have to sell your house before you're going to move on to the next one? You need to use the script. And the script says, do you have any properties that you would like to sell prior to purchasing your next one? Not just your house. Yeah, and how many agents are sitting on or even deleting stuff in their voicemail that sounds to them just like another buyer lead? I don't need any more buyers. Well, if I'm just somebody that leaves you a message and I'm calling on your listing on Elm Street and my message is, this is my name, this is my phone number. I'm just wondering about the price and whether, you know, how many bedrooms that has. On the surface, that does sound like just a buyer call, but how many of those calls are actually coming from the house next door, the house across the street, somebody in the neighborhood who's checking the price because they're going to be the next listing in the neighborhood. Stop blowing off buyer calls. Okay, so eight reasons that you should possibly sometimes consider firing the buyer. These are legit reasons. This is not making assumptions. This is based on actual experience. So point number one, Let's say that you work hard to find them the next home to see, you leave them text, voicemail, and email that they should see it urgently, but they don't call you back until three days later, or maybe not at all. You may want them to buy more than they want to buy, and or they may be working with someone else or lost their motivation. Now, caution, make sure they're not just vacationing somewhere or sick before you decide that they've ghosted you. Click on their, or check on their social media. Communication is key. Maybe they're not calling anybody back. It's not just you. Right? Very, very unlikely that you'll ever get ghosted by a buyer after you've actually followed our pre-qualification process, mm -hmm. after you've actually followed the process, the, the you know complete home buying system and shown them the buyer presentation. At that point, they're actually legit buyers. And if they are ghosting you after they've gone through those processes, also maybe check with the loan officer too, yep. there could be very well something that happened, you know, and, and just don't overthink it. Don't take it too emotionally. Those of you who have your emotions so pinned to mm, the yeah. behavior of your buyers or your sellers for that matter, the reason that it's so uh, you know 
you're, uh, you are, uh, you need to build a life, an emotional state that's anti-fragile. In other words, you need more leads. That's really mm-hmm. at the end of the day, what you're dealing with when you have too few leads and so much of your financial freedom and well, independence going forward and you're just building, pay the bills is so dependent on one or two deals closing. How are you ever going to have a sense mm-hmm. of security? You're not, that's the reason you need to learn how to manage a lot of leads efficiently. And the way to do that is not necessarily a big elaborate CRM and a big drip campaign. It's pre-qualifying every single lead. Your goal is not to have a ton of leads. Anytime we come across an agent who has a ton of leads, that is an agent who is not pre-qualifying and who's most likely not making any money whatsoever, not helping anybody. And they're probably not real leads anyway. That's right. They're, oh, somebody contacted me. I'm going to put in my drip campaign. And one day that person will, you know, with enough, enough fertilizer, that would be what you're mm-hmm. sending to them. And uh, get the joke. And water and sunshine. Eventually that person's going to grow into a lead. But the reality of it is, is that is an enormous waste of money and time. What you should be doing instead is when you get a lead, thoroughly pre-qualifying them, use the questions that you get in Premier Coaching, know what their actual motivation is. And we give you permission, frankly, if they're not going to transact within 90 days or less, then don't even keep them around. Don't try to, if you want to put them in a drip campaign, that's fine. Just do not delude yourself, fool yourself into believing those people will ever transact. And don't call them a lead. It was at best a contact or an impression. It's not a lead. And well, why? Why don't you want a big CRM? Because it creates a fake, a false sense of security. Because you will use that as your excuse not to actually go and do the real work of putting yourself in a converse, a, a position where you're going to have to have a conversation with the decision-making adult where you could actually hear no. In other words, putting them in the CRM makes you feel like you did something, but you did nothing. So stop being so, frankly, passive with your real estate lead generation, but also your pre-qualifying and, frankly, your future. That's right. So point number two. Let's say again that you did your presentation and your prequal, but they're not actually pursuing their financing in spite of your best efforts to connect with them with a quality lender. Again, check your facts first. Has the lender maybe dropped the ball? Did they find out they're not qualified? Sometimes people won't call you back because they're embarrassed. They found out something on their credit that they had forgotten about. That doesn't mean they won't still ask you to show them houses though. They'll be happy to waste your time. Yeah, but remember, here's the point. If they're not actually actively pursuing their financing, there could be something wrong. So most, some, this is a fact that I, I would not have thought this. This has come from several coaching calls. Some, mostly first-time buyers, actually think that the lender's, letter, uh, the lender's list of required documentation is actually optional. I've had coaching clients tell me, and I have to say, not to pick on millennials, but sometimes millennials get like offended that somebody would ask for that level of documentation. So sometimes it's just a misunderstanding and the taking seriously that, yes, this is what it actually requires to get a mortgage. You know, it's funny about what you just yeah. said. What? You said that you heard that quote unquote on several coaching calls. I know. When you mean several, how yeah. many are you talking about? I don't, Tens I of thousands know. over yeah. the past 20 years? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so don't make assumptions really is this point. Counsel with your buyer prospect and see what's actually happening before you declare them a non-buyer. Did they just think that, you know, if they got half the list done, they should have their mortgage prequal? Or do you need to actually spend a little bit more time with them? But the moral of the story is, is that you might want to, you know, obviously we want you to meet with them. We want you to use the buyer presentation, get the agency and the exclusive agency signed and the buyer net sheet signed. Um, and then simultaneously or even prior to working with you, they ideally you want to have had them actually uh, start at least the process with the lender. The lender's at least gotten halfway through collecting documents, done the credit reports. There shouldn't be any big major red flags that buyer obtaining a mortgage. Now, if they start the process after you meet with them and after you get the agency buyer agency net sheet signed, that's fine as well. But we'll strongly, absolutely 
you know, beg you not to be spending a lot of time showing them houses and all the rest of it if they've not actually moved forward with the loan process. Moving forward with the loan process, they know they have to get a loan. They know getting a loan is a pain in the butt. And if they're not doing it, they're not buyers. They're what we call lookers. Yeah, Next well, point, that's an Julie. indication of motivation, right? So point number three, if they just won't sign your buyer agency agreement, did you present to them why it's beneficial to them? Because if they won't sign it because you didn't actually present anything, that's not a fair judgment, right? But let's say that you did present, you went through your professional presentation. If they still won't sign, well, why not? Maybe they want to keep their options open. Maybe you haven't instilled confidence in them. Maybe they just aren't comfortable for some other reason. So drill down before you break up with them. Is it you or is it them? One of the things that we'll suggest that you do is if you have a buyer and it's okay if they're you know skeptical and they don't want to make a mistake, you got you can put a service guarantee in with it. You can say, Mr. Buyer, listen, if for any reason you're not 100%, and you put this in writing, if for any reason you're not 100% satisfied with the services I'm providing for you as a buyer's agent, you can fire me with no strings attached. And maybe you're asking him for two days notice or two weeks notice or 30 days notice. And that does not mean that the houses that you've, the houses you've already shown them, uh, those are excluded from the cancellation of the buyer's agency agreement. In other words, if they end up buying one of the houses that you showed them, you're the one that interested in the house, then you technically are still owed a commission, but they are no longer obligated to you under the exclusive buyer's agency agreement. These are all things we teach you in the, in the uh, premier coaching program. But Julie just said it right. If they're not, no. Okay. Let me go back. You have a skeptical buyer, super analytical spreadsheet type of person, the type of person my beautiful wife mm -hmm. used to be. So those guys and gals are going to then also not want to be rushing forward or feeling any pressure. That's their big thing. Or maybe you're like that. You don't like putting pressure on people. That's fine. We show you exactly. It's called the three times out script, the floor model script, all these processes that we show you when you start working with buyers, you, and we're giving you as your coaches permission, or I think authorization to show them no more than three houses one time. And with the agreement that, look, you know, maybe they say, I don't want to sign this agreement yet, or I'm not really comfortable. I don't want to commit, whatever, whatever. Uh, fine. I'll show you these three houses, but let's agree that if before we schedule our next trip, that we're going to have an exclusive relationship. And yes, of course, if, you know, I'll put the service guarantee in there that if for any reason you're not satisfied with the services I'm providing, if they still won't do it, that's a looker. That's not a buyer. Yep. Don't waste your time. Remember what we're telling you guys, the higher you now. Here's the here's the challenge. New agents, you actually will almost think the win is finding people to reject. That is not what we're saying. What we're saying is follow our pre-qualification script. Listen to what your coaches tell you. Follow the process. Just follow the exact system that we've created for you that's been used at this you know, I don't even know how many times. Millions of times all over the country. Follow the process as it's been as it's been created as it's been proven to work, don't create your own. And you got to move past this idea that working with buyers is just a social exercise because at the end of the day, you are wasting too much time because you're not taking your time seriously. When you don't take your time seriously, the buyers aren't going to take you seriously, which means they're going to see you as replaceable with somebody else. That's the reason that some of you guys feel like buyers are liars because they ended up buying the house from the listing agent or they went to the new build rep, you know, directly. Your fault, not theirs. Be very clear in your head about that. Next point. Next point is number four. Do they actually have realistic expectations? Are they fishing in a lake with no fish? Champagne tastes on a beer budget, maybe? Sometimes that happens, but before you judge, make sure that you've really drilled down on what it is that they have to have versus what would be nice to have. Are you or they being overly particular and need to actually extend their price range a little bit or their geographic search? 
If they're truly unrealistic with their expectations, counsel with them to come back to you when they are ready to look again. Maybe there'll be more options in the future. Again, I keep on saying this, but it's true. If you use our buyer pre-qualification script, you're going to root all of what Julie just said out in point number four. You're going to know exactly whether, frankly, they have realistic expectations. How long have you been looking for a house, Mr. Buyer? 90 days. 90 days. That's fantastic. Congratulations. Have you seen anything you've liked in that time? No. Oh, well, how many houses do you think you've looked at? 47. So you haven't looked at, you haven't seen any houses of 47? That, so what about those houses did you like? Nothing. Okay, bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs> do you remember my friend uh, in California, Michelle? Yes. She looked, I was having this conversation. You know, she's in my center of influence, right? I had this conversation with her one day. And she said, and I kid you not, she said she'd been looking for six years. Yeah. And my, I immediately, like, my heart went out to all the agents she must have tortured, Right. And she did have, indeed, unrealistic expectations. Nothing was ever good enough for what she thought she wanted, even though the market really didn't have it to give. And the funny part was you guys were friends. You guys play, uh, played flute together in various bands. Yeah. And she was trying to act. And you had a real estate license in California. Yep. And she was trying to goat you into showing her houses, and you never did it. No, I'm not doing that. Somebody yeah, with that kind of history. That's no. what she was trying to do. She wanted looking at houses to be a social exercise. Which it was for her. but And we were still friends, but I was just not going to drive all over the place. Okay. So, and by the way, as you all know, gas is not getting cheaper, so be careful with all this stuff. Okay, point number five, do these buyers insist on some sort of kickback or rebate? There are some legitimate programs which might make sense, like Homes for Heroes has that kind of built in, but if they just want or need a part of your commission in order to make the deal work, this is an unreasonable, unethical request. Even if you wanted to, it's not legal to pay a commission or a referral fee to a non-licensee. Time to fire that buyer. And you will find that, especially with these, you know, frankly, these investor types. There's, you know, when Julie and I were kids, some of you guys will relate to this. It was Carlton Sheets that was on oh, TV yes. selling investor things. And now it's every, frankly, mostly millennial that's on uh, YouTube that's acting like they're a real estate billionaire because they did this and the other thing. And they're all essentially, those are where you guys are getting a lot of, they don't, most of them have licenses. So they're telling you guys to do things that maybe as a non-licensee you could get away with, but not as a licensee. You gotta be super careful who you listen to, super careful where you're getting information from, especially in a market like this. Yeah, and especially if they need that money to make their down payment, that doesn't make any sense. They're probably not actually qualified. All right, point number six is similar to a previous point, a little different spin. If they want you or insist that you show them homes before they're pre-approved or loan committed or won't supply you with a proof of funds letter, this is time wasting for you and for them because even if you find the right house for them, they probably aren't going to be competitive and be able to even buy it. So find out what their delay is and if it's logical, you can help them through it. But if they just aren't sure that they want to transact, it's time to move on. Now, obviously, you're going to have to uh, take Julie's point number six and meter according to the price range you're in and also the market you're in. So for example, if you're dealing with upper end people that have an upper end house to sell before they move up to the more upper end place that they have, chances are they're right as rain. Um, you know, so gauge what she just said accordingly. And if you're dealing with someone who's new to town and they're relocating or a first time buyer or something like that, well then obviously I'd lean into her point, but you're going to have to use a little bit of good old fashioned common sense. Mm -hmm. If you walk, drive up to someone's house and they're in a $3 million place and there's, you know, that one of them's a, they're two professionals and they have, you guys get the point. You do not need to put them in a corner and scream right. at them to give you a loan Don't commitment. Overdo like, it. Don't overdo it. Right. Yeah. There's another caveat that I had just had on a call today that reminded me of this. And that is uh, downsizers because many downsizers 
publicizers won't list with you when they are downsizing, you know, uh, what my coaching client called it was their last move. You know, they're going to probably go to either an over 55 or an assisted living type of situation. Over 55? Hold on now. I know, I know, I know. I, Why would you I don't say think that? that's old either. But anyway, <laughs> um, but, but the point is that they're going, when, when you have downsizers or retirees or whatever, who are either breaking up with their family home or their ultimate home, you know, their luxury home, and they're actually uh, downsizing in meaning that they're going to have less in the next house. So those people, of course, they're not sure. So his example was they don't know if they're A, ready to do that yet, or B, if in their price range they're going to get what they want. So he's going to take them out on a trip to see what all the different options are before he goes down the listing path. Well, downsizers are traditionally some of the hardest people to work with, yes. which is the point you're making. Yes. And so in those particular cases, a downsizer is going to want to buy before they sell. And I'll tell you guys a little, uh, you know, something that definitely works. The best type of home to sell to a downsizer is A, one that doesn't need any work, mm -hmm. preferably something new that has to be built. So if it's something that's, you know, 96, you know, 90 days, six months out, maybe even a year out, that is perfect for a downsizer because that gives them a lots of emotional time yes. to pack, to defrag emotionally from their old house and move on with life. Processing so time. these are things you learn from Premier Coaching. Next point, Julie. Yeah. Okay. Point number seven, when to break up. If they are, here's a big point. Some of you guys have unfortunately dealt with this. They are combative or abusive in some way and won't listen to reason. If they just had a bad day and it's an isolated incident, perhaps you forgive and move on. But if it's just their personality and they're not respecting you, it's time to fire the buyer. This includes, one of our recent examples, midnight drunken texts or other crazy behavior. No transaction is worth sacrificing your mental health. And this goes for any time you also might feel unsafe, you get the willies from someone, do trust your intuition. Occasionally, even through best practices of pre-qualifying and presenting the buyer presentation, sometimes a crazy person will slip under the radar. Well, so I actually heard something about this today on a podcast. It was mm -hmm. the All In podcast. Something like 5% of all of general population of humans are, in essence, sociopaths. So they don't awesome. feel, they don't feel <laughs> compassion. They don't feel empathy, yeah. but they've learned that they're, you know, different. And so they've learned how to fake those emotions. Mm -hmm. It's 5%. And, but the thing on all in there is saying that 10% of all CEOs are probably sociopaths. Yeah. Uh, so in any event, the reality of it is, is that if those people happen to show up in your life, and you're feeling that this person is really making it so that every time you think of their name, let alone see their phone number, and you're just getting the, you know, this is not an experience I want to have. Remember, you do work for yourself. You do own your own business. You're allowed to fire that person because what's happening is not only are they taking your time, but they're also sucking you dry of your emotional energy, which you could be putting towards other customers. The only reason that you, if you generate, you don't have to tolerate. I heard you talking about that yeah. on a uh, coaching call today. Mm -hmm. You generate leads, you generate pre-qualified leads, you generate appointments, you generate listings. You don't have to tolerate the sociopaths. And when they show up in your life, if you have to hit the eject button on them and you've got 10 listings and you've got you know three really great buyers, you don't even think twice about it. You're happy to do it. Yeah, the hardest part of that is the first time you come across somebody like yep. that because a lot of times agents, you guys will think that it's just you and you're doing something wrong or you caused it and then you get all hung up and you, you can waste months on somebody that's being abusive that way. And in fact, what you're doing is you're stepping back further because you're ignoring people who will say please and thank you and appreciate your hard work. And if you do happen to come across somebody who does give you straight up the willies and they're really maybe, I mean, this hardly ever happens, but obviously it's very well, you know, when it public, it's very publicized when it does. If there's, if you ever feel any sort of, you know, 
I would say, threat by anybody. Not only do you, well, this is the reason we always tell you guys never to meet a new customer anywhere other than someplace where there's other people around. Don't just go and show a house. This is true for men or women. But if you ever come across somebody who does make it so you feel like you're threatened, it's your obligation to report them to your local board of realtors. Mm -hmm. So the local board of realtors then can let all the other agents and brokers know. Don't worry about whether or not you might be, you know, over uh, sensitive to that. Just do it because you could be saving somebody's life. Next point. That, that goes for creepy people at open houses too. That happens sometimes. All right. So point number eight, and this one is hard for new or newer agents because they don't have a basis of comparison. Here's the, here's the point. Are these buyers you're working with acting like the last real buyers who you worked with and closed? Real buyers are qualified, communicative, realistic, respectful, and appreciative. Are the buyers in question following that profile or are they playing by different rules? It could be time to fire them. So there's, a, and, and again, new, newer agents don't necessarily know what real buyers act like so they can you know, continue to work with somebody that's not of that profile. But our more experienced agents, I'll always ask them on a call and the coaches will, they'll say, well, let's look at this. Do they act like the last real buyers that you closed? And they'll almost always say, no, they don't really act like they're serious. It, guys, I want you to just use your logical brains here. Easier for some than others, I realize. You know, none of us are brain surgeons. Otherwise, we wouldn't have real estate licenses, right? But the simple reality is, is when you choose not to be a professional, when you choose not to pre-qualify, when you choose not to have them sign agency forms and exclusive agency forms, what you're going to do is you're going to fill your life up with a bunch of uh, people, frankly, that will be happy to take your time and your energy, your time away from your family, your nights and your weekends, and you're never going to make any money. If you ask any agent, what their biggest uh, mistake was when they got into real estate. There's always ones that you hear. I spent too much time on uh, marketing. I spent too much time on branding. I spent too much time doing things that weren't putting me in a position to help people and make money. That's pretty much anything other than proactive, uh, you know, direct lead generation communication with folks. But the other thing they always, well, they always say I waited too long to become a listing agent. That's the other thing you hear. But the number one thing you always hear is I waited too long to really learn how to discern what a real buyer was from a looker. And this is the whole point of hiring a coach. So you do not waste the time and not all coaches are the same. Obviously, this is the reason we want you guys to realize what we have to offer, how it's so radically different than what everyone else is doing. And we want you to join Premier Coaching for free. Just text the word Premier to 47372. Text the word Premier to 47372. Remember, message and data rates may apply. But when you go through the process of actually sifting and sorting the very motivated from the casually motivated to the never will buy types or in, you know leaving on the listing side of things, you are going to find you have fewer people to work with, which some of you will be very scared of just the prospect of having fewer actual pre-qualified leads. For some reason, you put more attachment to big numbers of people in your CRM, for example, than you do a small number of people that will actually transact. You need to check yourself on that because that does not make any sense. But what happens is that the, no the, the noisy ones that will never transact make it so you don't have any time, energy, and focus for the real ones that are also showing up in your life, but you're too busy showing the house to the psycho or showing the house to the lookers that will never buy. You guys get it? This is the reason you have to respect your time more and you have to see yourself as a professional. Otherwise, nobody else will, including yourself. If you see yourself being a Pop-Tart agent, if you see yourself not, uh, you know, essentially respecting your own time that you wear that like a old, you know, moth eaten sweater. People can smell, see 
the lack of confidence on you, the way you stand, the way you look, the way you present, all of these things always goes back to, are you a professional? Do you present yourself well? All these things we teach you in coaching, moments of truth. Are you asking pre-qualification questions? Are you actually a professional? When you see yourself acting like a professional, even if it does feel like you're acting at first, what's going to happen is you'll change your psychological state because your physical state is actually in the action of doing this. Your psychological state then starts to change and all of a sudden everything else follows suit. Yes. So we have a bonus point and then some homework. Your bonus point is this, and we gave you eight reasons why you might consider firing a buyer. And again, these are pretty unusual, assuming that you've done the presentation and the prequal because that'll sort people out earlier than waiting for any of these things to happen. So here's your bonus point. Do not post on social media bragging that you just fired a buyer or anything about your experience that caused you to make that decision. Assume that everything you post is searchable by your name. Just say next and get back to work. And by the way, if you do find yourself firing a buyer, do not look at this as the buyer's fault that they're getting fired. It's your fault for actually having had that person in your life as a buyer. In other words, you did not follow the process and you allowed those people into your life. Had you followed the process, the probability of you getting somebody that violates one of these eight rules uh, in your life is about zero because you will know and they have actually proven yeah. their willingness to actually be real buyers. And, and then you won't be in a situation where you have to fire them. So when you fire a buyer, you have to see it as your failure, not some sort of victory. Yeah, and our grizzled veterans, they rarely have these problems because this was their original list of how they learned this stuff before they started doing the presentation and pre-qualling. They all have stories about that. We do too. Okay, so here's your homework. Now that you know all of this, review your list of who you are calling buyers, especially those who you're actually showing houses to, Review your list of buyers who you believe will buy, especially, again, the ones you're actively searching for and showing to. Have you fully pre-qualified them? Do you know what's happening with their mortgage or where their all cash is actually coming from? Are they responsive? Are they cooperative? Who makes the cut? Also, what are you doing about becoming a listing agent? That's right. And we've answered the question for you, but we will remind you, join Premier Coaching, guys. All you have to do is text the word Premier to 47372. Remember, message and data rates may apply, but this will give you instant free access to Premier Coaching, including a daily semi-private coaching call with one of our new member coaches. Go ahead and text the word Premier to 47372. You can check out the website, see everything that's included, watch some videos, understand that this is the next natural step in your real estate progression. So text the word premiere to 47372. Anything else you'd like to say to these guys before we well, wrap up? I don't for think today? you mentioned the daily uh, semi-private coaching uh, sessions with all of our experienced trained by us Harris certified coaches. So it's not just a big bucket of material for you to go through. It's also daily coaching to help you get through this changing market and to help you thrive faster than you probably would do on your own. So don't once you sign up, because there's so many of you signing up, don't forget to go to those Facebook Live sessions. That's right. You guys have a fantastic day. Oh, what's the topic tomorrow, Julie? Um, it's when a buyer should fire you. Ooh. Dang, that's a twist. We didn't see that one coming. Well, we didn't do that on day one for a reason. <laughs> when a buyer should fire you is tomorrow. You guys have a fantastic day. Thank you for keeping this the number one listen to daily podcast for real estate professionals in the United States. Um, and thank you very much for all the dozens of five-star reviews on iTunes. If you've not yet left your five-star review, please do so. We will certainly appreciate that. We'll appreciate that by entering you into the contest where you might qualify to receive a signed autograph, obviously, 
a copy of our book, our best-selling book, Harris Rules. Now, if you want to buy the book, you can buy it on Amazon or Audible or any major bookseller. But we'd love to give it to you for free. And all you have to do is text. I'm sorry. All you have to do is give us a five-star review on iTunes. Um, and uh, yeah, with some nice little pithy comment would be uh, great as well. And frankly, um, our, our uh, staff was supposed to be picking who the winners are. But I don't think there have been any losers yet. Nope. And we are in the process of signing those books and dropping them to the mail uh, sometime over the next week or so. So we mm -hmm. certainly appreciate all your support there. And also, if you guys are ready, some of you are listening to us. You're saying, I want to join eXp Realty. You're looking for a sponsor that's going to be proactive in your success at eXp Realty. We are ready for you. We are absolutely 100% looking forward to having conversations with you about you guys joining Julie and I at eXp Realty. If you're looking for a sponsor that's going to be very proactive in your success, not just as a real estate practitioner, but also sponsoring other agents, please text me directly on my cell phone, which is 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. In the meantime, guys, have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.